Hey fam, welcome to Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast. This is Minister Vernon, and in today's episode, we're still doing our reflection because we're doing 50 downloads with this podcast, and it's exciting. So we're just bringing back from the vault some of the wonderful messages that have been spread, and one of the messages is about caregiving. You might try to brush that away, but there will be a time somewhere down the line where you will be a caregiver whether that is voluntarily or involuntarily. I think it's a call and an assignment that we be asked from time to time. And if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, then we will make the mistake of missing the opportunity to take care of someone that needs the love on behalf of our Heavenly Father. So please check out this episode. This was episode 15 of our podcast, where we talked about people in the Bible who were married and were caregivers. I hope you enjoyed this message, and if you like this message, please feel free to listen to episodes 12 through 15 as we dive deep into the role and the responsibility of the caregiver and what you should do in these moments when God assigns you that special assignment to be a caregiver. From friends to lovers, to kisses and cuddles, we are doing it God's way. This This is Stronger stronger Together, Closer to God. Today, as we conclude this topic about marriage and caregivers, we want to just recap real quick about some of the topics we discussed. Remember, in episode 13, we talked about Joseph, an overconfident individual who knew God had in store great things for him and his family and was the favorite of his dad. That jealousy from his brothers led to a long journey to help humble himself and be ready to forgive his brothers and take care of his dad. Remember, in episode 14, we talked about Ruth, a widow who was facing famine and all she knew what to do next was to take care of her ailing mother-in-law, Naomi. But because of her loyalty, obedience, respect, and dedication to Naomi, she was able to not only provide great care for her, but met a future husband in the name of Boaz. Remember we talked about that 89% of our caregivers are related to the person they are caring for, and you might assume it is an immediate family member like a daughter or a son. But in reality, there are times when a non-immediate family member might have to step up and take care of a loved one. It could be a nephew, it could be a niece, or it could be a cousin like John the Baptist. Look at John chapter 19 verses 26 to 27 from the easy to read version of the Bible. It says, Jesus' mother stood near his cross. Her sister was also standing there with Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Jesus saw his mother. He also saw the follower he loved very much standing there. He said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. Then he said to the follower, Here is your mother. So after that, this follower took Jesus' mother to live in his home. See, John the Baptist was an obedient man of God. He was known for his truth-telling statements and principles and truth in knowing God's message and the call for his purpose. Clearly, he was an integral member of Jesus' group to be called like this was like his best friend you might think of. But it was given to one of his closest friends that followed him, even unto the death on the cross. And it makes you kind of wonder this. Jesus entrusted the well-being of his mom to John the Baptist? Why didn't he trust one of his biological brothers or sisters. The reason is because 
They did not believe at him at first. See, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon are brothers of Jesus. In fact, if you do some research, you'll find out that they're considered half-brothers, sons of Mary and Joseph. And it is claimed that it might have been from a previous relationship that Joseph had these brothers. So that's why they are known as half-brothers to Jesus. Jesus also has some half-sisters as well. But if you go into the scriptures, you find out there are circumstances and situations where Jesus walked with these blood brothers, you know, biological brothers and sisters, and their reaction to Jesus when he was doing certain things wasn't supporting him. They weren't cheering him on. They weren't like, yeah, you need to follow and believe my brother, Jesus. It was actually the opposite. Take a look at Mark 3 verses 20 to 21. It says, then Jesus went home, but again, a large crowd gathered there. There were so many people that he and his fathers could not eat. His family heard about all these things. They went to get him because people said he was crazy. So you get this idea that the family's like, okay, let me go get my brother because he's crazy. Y'all want him. Here you go. You can have him. That is just so shocking to find out that you would think that your biological family would support you. And in this case, they're ready to say, here you go. You can have him. Take a look at Mark 6 verses 1 through 6. It says, Jesus left and went back to his hometown. His followers went with him. On the Sabbath day, Jesus taught in the synagogue and many people heard him. They were amazed and said, where did this man get this teaching? How did he get such wisdom? Who gave it to him? And where did he get the power to do miracles? Isn't he just a carpenter we know? Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And don't his sisters still live here in the town? So they had a problem accepting him. Then Jesus said to them, people everywhere give honor to a prophet except in his own hometown with his own people or in his home. Jesus was not able to do any miracles there except the healing of some sick people by laying hands on them. He was surprised that the people there had no faith. Then he went on to other villages in the area and talked. So in his hometown, with his home people, oh, by the way, his brothers are living there, his sisters are living there, they had a problem accepting him. That is kind of like, wow, you, you mean to tell me you seeing what your brother is doing and you still not convinced that what he's doing is part of God's command, that is God's purpose, divine order for the prodigal son to come home. And you would think that any place in the world, this will be the place where he could be welcomed with open arms like an Olympian who wins gold medals and they come home. You get the parade and the celebration or like NBA champion or a baseball or even an NHL hockey championship. They will be doing parades. They will be celebrating these accomplishments, but not for Jesus in his hometown and definitely not from his family. And then when you take a look at John 7 verses 1 to 5, you get another evidence of this. After this, Jesus traveled around the country of Galilee. He did not want to travel to Judea because the Jewish leaders, they wanted to kill him. It was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. So his brothers said to him, you should leave here and go to the festival of Judea. Then your followers there can see the miracles you do. If you want to be well known, you must not hide from what you do. So 
If you could do just such amazing things, let the whole world see you do them. Jesus' brother said this because even they did not believe in him. That was why they were thinking. They were being sarcastic. And like, oh, go ahead, Jesus. Go out there. Show your talent. Show your skills. Show the miraculous things you can do. On and entertain them. And Jesus saw this. It was like, no, you're telling me this not to encourage me. You're telling me this out of sarcasm. You're telling me this because you really don't believe the things that I would do. So it makes sense for Jesus to have this moment while he's on the cross and he's able to see his mother down on the ground, see other people that are associated with him and see the one he loves, John the Baptist there following him from even before day one. He was announcing that Jesus is going to return and baptize Jesus and saw the things, the miraculous signs and wonders he was doing and believed him. And this is where this point comes in. It comes from Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. Take a listen to this. While Jesus was walking to the people, his mother and brother stood outside. They wanted to talk to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are waiting for you outside. They want to talk to you. Jesus answered, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his followers and said, see, these people are my mother and my brothers. Yes, anyone who does what the my father in heaven once is my true brother and sister and mother. And you might be scratching and say, wait a minute, what is he trying to say here? What he's trying to say is that spiritual relationships are to take precedence over biological and physical relationships. Why is that? Because as you notice in the previous three examples I gave you, there were opportunities for their biological brothers and sisters to follow him, to believe in him, to trust him and to encourage him and share the wisdom to others to have them come closer to Jesus. But they didn't. So if he's hanging on the cross at this moment, he knows he's about to die. And I'm looking down to see this. One of the last acts that Jesus does is he's thinking about taking care of his mother. Who's going to take care of my mother? Who's going to make sure that she's doing well? And there's only one person he felt in his heart that can do that. And that was John the Baptist. In essence, John the Baptist became the caretaker or the caregiver of Mary Madeline. And this is what we kind of have to realize that according to Mark, Jesus' own mother, brothers, and sisters were skeptics at first. Mom would later change before Jesus dies on the cross, but the rest of the brothers and sisters won't change and follow him until after the death and resurrection of Christ. So sometimes you may be a nephew, a niece, a cousin who God calls you to step in because the biological people, the ones that should be the daughters and sons, or maybe it comes to a situation where this individual doesn't have a daughter and a son. They never got married and they need someone to take care of them. And there might be you, you, the individual who is married, who is able to, and you'll be, you're the nephew, you're the niece, you are the cousin of this family member. And because of all the wisdom and the knowledge they gave to you, you feel in your heart that God's calling you to take care of them, to make sure that they are taken well, taken care of. And so in summary, I want to ask you this question. Are you willing to follow God and take care of a person, 
even if they're not necessarily directly related to you, that they're not directly your brother, they're not directly your sister, they're not directly your mother, they're not directly your father. But you hear the call of God says, take care of your uncle, take care of your cousin, take care of two, three generations ahead of you. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Know this, that we're going to be continuing to talk about caregiving and marriage. And I look forward very soon to share some exciting news news on ways we're going to do that. So just continue to listen to this podcast and you'll find out more details. And you will also hear some other announcements coming up on how you can stay connected with us. Take care. God bless you. Make sure to visit our new Facebook page at S2C2G Ministry. Subscribe to our website at S2C2GMinistry.com where you can find out how to subscribe to the show, learn more about our ministry, and the different coaching and workshop activities we host in the area. And while you're at it, drop us a line and let us know your thoughts about the podcast today. If you found value in this show and would like to partner with us, just click on the Partner tab on our website or go to bit.ly bit.ly backslash partner for marriage. Please tell a friend about the show. And until next time, peace and blessings to all of you. Thank you for listening to today's message. I hope it was a blessing for you. Just a reminder that we do these workshops kind of like this with caregiving and other topics. All you have to do is just go to www.lovesandlovies.com. That's www.lovesandlovies.com and you can learn more about our workshops and activities. You can also find it out on our website, uh, s2c2gministry.com. In addition to this, if you know that this message has been a blessing for you, become a partner. Sow a seed. We are trying to spread this message and you won't believe we're over 30 countries spreading this gospel from India to United Kingdom, so many different places that we are at where we are giving the word of God and just telling people how to become stronger together, closer to God in their relationships. Last and not least, we also have our Think About It Thursdays. If you did not get a chance to listen to this past Thursday's message, oh, it is a treat. Please make sure to join our Facebook page and you will learn more. Just go to your local Facebook page and just type in Stronger Together, Closer to God, and you can join our group to learn more about that latest episode where we talked about Love Takes Time by the authors of Dr. Scott and Yolanda Lupton. Joining us on Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast, please continue to join us weekly as we share godly wisdom and advice to you. If you have any prayer requests or would like to sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with us, drop us a line at s2c2gpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to partner with us by clicking on the Partners tab on the website. The more you give, the more we can spread the word and help us to reach our vision of bringing one million married couples stronger together, closer to God. Feel free to check us out on our website at s2c2gministry.com. Until next time, peace and blessings to all of you.